You ever watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Let's talk about the news. The news that seems to be on everyone's mind is the current negotiation in the Congress for a potential additional stimulus as a consequence of coronavirus. Here's the latest on the negotiations. President Trump says House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer want to discuss coronavirus relief again. Taking to Twitter Monday, the president was critical of leading Democrats, citing previous negotiations with the White House, saying they are, quote, hardliners. President Trump signed a coronavirus relief executive order Saturday as negotiations between the Democrats and administration collapsed. According to President Trump Sunday, Pelosi and Schumer are holding the relief hostage for their partisan demands. I hear that's what the Democrats want to do now. They want to look. Uh, they were not interested in doing what they had to do. Their big point of discussion was bailouts. They wanted to bail out poorly run Democrat states. Like, you know, I could name them. I could give them to you right now. But why do it? Because you know the same states as I do and cities. And uh, we don't, we're not going to do that. We'll help, but we're not going to do numbers. They talked about a number of a trillion dollars. We can't do that. President Trump addressed what the administration was doing to ensure that the executive orders he issued on eviction protection, on student loan interest abeyance, on additional unemployment assistance uh, are carried out to the fullest extent. Take a listen to the president. We are uh, going to be doing something very, very interesting with uh, all of the things that we announced on Saturday. I don't have to repeat what they are. You know very well. And uh, we've had We've had some tremendous success already. If you look at what's happening with the stock market, and people are very thrilled at what we're doing, uh, we'd like to get the Democrats to focus on other than what they're focusing on, which is a bailout of poorly running states. We have many great running states, states that are setting records. And uh, let's see what happens with respect to that. But the uh, we're looking at also considering a capital gains tax cut, which would create a lot more jobs, so we're looking very seriously at a capital gains tax cut and also uh, at an income tax cut for middle-income families. We're looking at expanding the tax cuts that we've already done, but specifically for middle-income families, and you'll be hearing about that in the upcoming few weeks, and I think it'll be very exciting. Perhaps one of the strangest things that happened in the last 24 hours was the shooting outside the White House. That was actually an interruption to the remarks you just heard by the president. Here was the president addressing that shooting and the engagement by the Secret Service. There was a shooting outside of the White House and seems to be very well under control. I'd like to thank the Secret Service for doing their uh, always quick and very effective work, but there was an actual shooting. And uh, somebody's been taken to the hospital. I don't know the condition of the person. It seems that the person was, was shot by Secret Service. And so we thank the Secret Service for their brave effort. We certainly hope that whatever motivates people to uh, their politics, that it's not violence, no matter what side you're on. And we will learn more and keep folks updated.
another police-involved shooting, another day of riots in Chicago. Take a listen to circumstances on the ground. A mob of looters tearing apart Chicago's famed Magnificent Mile. Oh, the police got their hands full tonight, don't they? Breaking into dozens of businesses, taking off with stolen merchandise. Some 400 Chicago police officers are struggling to contain the scene, which erupted around midnight. Smaller businesses and even grocery stores targeted, too. This is where we live. This is our home. This is our front yard. And uh, it's upsetting. The riots, police say, stemming from a police-involved shooting Sunday. Authorities say a 20-year-old suspect who allegedly fired at police was shot and injured. False information about that shooting, investigators say, spreading on social media, fueling the melee. While I recognize the need for us to always be working to improve policing, to always ensure that our communities are kept safe and that law enforcement is equipped with the tools and capability to do that without unnecessary escalation, sometimes the police do have to use deadly force and that's not a judgment on any particular case but we cannot live in a country where every time there is deadly force used by the police we're going to have our cities burned down our places of business destroyed our commerce interrupted our way of life shattered the inability to drive around on our streets or know that our families are safe when we send them out on recreational or leisure or business activities there's just no way for a serious country to operate and so uh, you know, I am increasingly troubled by these negative interactions that I continue to see with law enforcement and people who are just increasingly combative with law enforcement. And that's not a commentary on race. That's not a commentary on any particular subdivision or community. But just yesterday, I'm walking through a, a major airport and someone was in trouble in the TSA line and security and there was just this whole blow up with the police sheriff deputy who showed up to uh, ensure that this person was like not even arrested, but just that they were not creating an unsafe environment for other passengers. And it was like the individual just, you know, ranting and raving almost wanted to be arrested because they thought that, you know, this could create a viral moment for them or a potential lawsuit. And so I think we need to get away from the incentives to be combative and destructive and try to find better ways to be cooperative. And I think that that is uh, something that requires participation on both sides. You know, we cannot just say that these circumstances are all solely a consequence of bad law enforcement. I think in some cases you do have deadly use of force. You do have intense use of force as a consequence of conduct that... Uh, should be avoided, not just by the law enforcement officer, but by the citizen interacting with that law enforcement officer. So here's hoping for less of sort of what I saw in the airport and more of a peaceful and collectively understanding environment for us to all live in. The Big Ten offers a big no to the prospect of having college football this season, not allowing their teams to present a league schedule and a bridged schedule, anything like you're seeing from some of the other conferences. And wow, was there a negative reaction on Twitter. You had some Ohio State players suggesting that maybe they should join the SEC for the year. And then you saw some of the star players impacted like 
uh, Justin Fields out there saying, hey, you know, we want to play. My hot take is that you should not have a bunch of administrators dictating these outcomes uh, to students who have an interest in pursuing their dream. And for many of these folks, they need this season. They need this opportunity to progress. And there are going to be some real negative consequences if college football does not go forward. Brian Stelter is just one of the absolute worst CNN personalities, really one of the worst personalities on all of cable news. And he had one of the coldest takes imaginable recently. Take a listen. You know, when you see um, entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden, is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? Uh, there, there really isn't. Brian, I think they're all trying to take down Trump. You know, when I watch the news, it is just increasingly a homogenous chorus of mainstream media critique and attack and unwillingness to focus on some of the good news, like the fact that even during coronavirus, the president is building an economy that is beating expectations. And sure, there are still many of people hurting, but imagine the type of rebuild that we'd be in with like Obama or Sleepy Joe at the wheel. It would be a disaster. And so, you know, I think that Tucker Carlson probably had the wittiest of responses. Uh, he had a little fun with the Brian Stelter piece. Take a listen to Tucker. CNN took a quick break from its usual programming, encouraging looting and pointless mask wearing outside, to take some jabs at this channel. Entire media companies essentially exist to tear down Joe Biden. Is there an equivalent to that on the left tearing down Trump? Uh, there, there really isn't. That's a really good point. Nobody criticizes Trump in the media. And I think what we need more of, people attacking Trump. Turns out the people who work over at the cable news network don't watch it. They watch this channel full time. So we dug up some clips for their edification. It is what it is, Mr. President. It's a pandemic and you are who you are. You don't give a damn. The MAGA hat carries a certain connotation that provokes a conditioned reaction from many people, especially for marginalized people. You say the president is using mind control, but how, how is that provable? He does, does not practice does somebody, humanity. He right. does not practice decency. Okay. He does not love mercy. He is if, intentionally unkind. He is mean to opponents. Are you listening? The president of the United States is a fraud and a con man. He's human garbage and he practices mind control. Tucker has it right. And frankly, it's increasingly his employer, Fox News, that's hedging its bets as it relates to Trump. Uh, I think that reporting the news is not something that is partisan. I just think it requires telling the truth. And the truth is that the president built the strongest economy that the world has ever known. And I suspect if given another four years, he'll do it again. Over 200 miles of border wall construction has occurred during the Trump administration. It has been an important deterrent. It has allowed our border patrol and ICE to have more targeted resources with their deployments and with their patrols, with the security and stability of a wall system in place. And it's one of the strategies, along with others, like having people wait for their asylum claims in Mexico and having folks return safely to Guatemala and Honduras directly uh, so that they're not just caught and released into our country. I think all those things together have allowed us to reduce the flow of illegal aliens coming across our border 
from its zenith of, I mean, we, like we were at the point of 60,000 and more per month that were coming over. And now we've got that, you know, cut way, way down as a consequence of the policies of the Trump administration. But it would all stop if Joe Biden were elected president. DallasNews.com has the story. Joe Biden saying that if he is elected president, he will stop construction of the border wall. He will end the progress of the Trump administration. He will give up and wave the white flag of surrender on our southern border. America's border is worth protecting. America's border sets a delineation between that which is special and unique and ours and that which is the rest of the world. And I'm not saying that the rest of the world shouldn't strive to be the best version of itself, but they'll never be America. America is special and different, and that is why the securing of our borders and our values and our culture is so critically important. If Joe Biden is elected, he will use the discretion that the executive has to not allow the construction of our border wall to persist. That would be so damaging to what we've done in the Congress and what President Trump has done to ensure that we do not just have a steady flow of illegal aliens across our border. So just keep that in mind, competing policy choices, and I think only one that puts America and Americans first. The Republican Attorney General's Association canceled by Adobe. Adobe not allowing an ad from the Republican Attorney General's Association, or RAGA, to run on their platforms, alleging that it is depicting violence. Now, the, the ad is largely a critique of the defund the police movement, and it goes through the lawlessness that has been embraced by liberalism while showing scenes and images depicting the dangers of defunding the police and of, of not allowing law enforcement to be able to do their jobs during riots in particular. Adobe saying that this doesn't conform to their culture and they're not going to allow it. You know what the great irony is? The Republican attorneys general should be doing a great deal more than they are to fight against big tech. Now, I've seen some class action lawsuits that they've filed. I've seen the press releases and press statements. But what we need is litigation. What we need is discovery. What we need are orders to compel. We need depositions. We need the development of record evidence. We need to put on trials. And instead, Republican attorneys general have been pretty content just with kind of a, a passing press release uh, in response to the tyranny that big tech is imposing on citizens throughout this great country. And now it's literally their own political arm that suffers the consequence of inaction, both at the federal level and at the state level. This is going to continue. The big tech companies will not stop until they snuff out conservatism and responsive conservative debate throughout the Internet, throughout our digital experience. And so we have to wake up to this threat and we need our attorneys general at the state level and we need the attorney general of the United States to do more to hold big tech to account when they silence Americans. If Donald Trump were to end the war in Afghanistan, if he were to bring our troops home from Iraq, I honestly believe that he could win 40 states in the upcoming election. Revolver News has 
new polling. Uh, here's the headline. New poll shows overwhelming bipartisan support for Trump's troop withdrawals. And the survey, which uh, got the opinions of 2,000 U.S. adults, showed 44% strongly supporting bringing U.S. troops home from Iraq, 30% saying they somewhat support doing so. And for Afghanistan, those numbers are 46 strongly support bringing home, 30% saying they somewhat support it. Look, oxygen and sunshine are not as popular as a withdrawal from these quagmires in the Middle East. And it's great to see Revolver News going out there and surveying the thoughts of real Americans. And it's my hope that what we see in Washington, D.C. will start to reflect what we see throughout this country, a desire to end these Middle East wars, to invest our nation's treasure in our people, in our economy, and then to position the next generation for the real challenge we have ahead, and that's China. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, let us know what you'd like to hear on the show, and make sure to tune in tomorrow for more Hot Takes.